Hello, dear friend, and welcome. My name is Cynthia Alice Anderson, and I'm the owner and founder of the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. I have been so honored to be able to offer these programs several days a week, and these programs I know are inspiring, they are supporting, and they are uplifting your life's journey. I want to see that continue, and I honor you for being a part of making that happen. So for over five years, we've been able to offer these programs, and we want to continue to be able to offer them. So over the next 90 days, we are raising $9,000, and that's going to get us all the way through the end of the year. So I ask you to consider taking the time to support the channel that supports you. And again, our goal that we're asking you to be a part of is $9,000 in 90 days. And we look forward to hearing from you, friend. We're honored to support your journey. And we always are lifting you in prayer for God's highest and best in your life. Blessings on the journey, dear friend. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Welcome to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa, presented here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Today's message is The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, Week 4, Divine Purpose, and was recorded on Sunday, April 2nd, 2023. So today is a beautiful day. It is, again, our four-week series uh, for, sorry, the fourth week in our four week series called The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity by Edwin Gaines. And it's been a great series. I've, I've heard from some of you how, how you're beginning to, uh, practice the principles in a different way. And what's so beautiful about this community is many of you were already doing so many of these principles, right? Which was about tithing, giving 10% to, uh, of your income to wherever you receive your spiritual food to setting clear cut goals. And then last week we went so deep in that, uh, uh, message and practice of forgiveness, right? And it was so great having Daniel here. Raise your hand if you enjoyed having Daniel Namod here last week. Yep. That was great. That was great. And we're going to try to have him back in a few months. Another church is going to bring him in this time. I'm working with another church to kind of bring him into the central Florida area and maybe uh, if you can't make it for worship, he'll probably do a concert here, but he enjoyed being here, loved meeting all of you and was happy to be of service. Uh, it was a great day last week. And, you know, what I noticed this week after doing some more forgiveness work myself is as I cleared out, uh, uh, energy, things in my physical world started to want to move. Have you done that? You start to forgive and all of a sudden you say, well, I don't need this anymore and I don't need that anymore because we learn that even physical things hold emotional energy, don't they? Right? We're all famous for holding on to clothes that don't fit, aren't we? We're all famous for for holding on to things that, well, remind us even sometimes of painful memories, but we say, well, I've always had that. I went to college with a guy that I would always say, I grew up with that. I grew up with that. And I would say, well... Okay, cool. He'd say, I have to keep that. I grew up with that. Well, and then he would complain about all these things about his childhood. And I would think, well, you know, you keep holding on to all these things and saying, I grew up with that and I grew up with that. No wonder that memory is so alive in you right now. Right? It was just something I noticed. So in your forgiveness work, as it starts to, you know, uh, go deeper, you start to become more aware of just 
being in this energy of forgiveness, because that's really what it's about, right? Not just, okay, I'm going to come to church, I'm going to forgive this one time, and then I'm never going to do it again. It becomes a way of living. So as you release, you make room for the new to come in and through your life. New emotions, new experiences. And it was about 20 years ago when I just started really doing the deeper work of forgiveness, and I started seeing quicker changes, you know, more uh, uh, an ability to laugh easier, an ability to be more present, even though I still have things I'm working on, don't we all, right? So we just keep forgiving. Sometimes, you know, the ego gets uh, uh, a trigger. We we have a a thought or a feeling that we go, "Mm, I don't know if I want to keep hanging on to that. Well, that means it's time to forgive again. Right. So forgiveness is going to be hopefully in your world, a regular part of your spiritual practice. In, in the 12 steps, you know, so often you're doing a search, searching and fearless moral inventory. And often forgiveness is a part of that, starting with yourself. Right. So sometimes we think about forgiving others. We forget ourselves. So we just wanted to, I wanted to bring that back because it's hard to move forward when you're holding on to the past. It's hard to move forward when you're holding on to the past, even when we have this great desire, this great passion for life. So forgiveness will serve you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and even physically, and it will enable you to move forward into whatever your next your next uh, goal or commitment is. So today, uh, the, on our fourth week, is about divine purpose. Say that with me. Divine purpose. Say to the person next to you, are you on purpose? Are you on purpose? Yeah. Oh, boy. Say, well, I don't know, some days, right? Well, I wanted to read this uh, from the book. This is on page 156 in Edwin's book because what she was talking about is the courage to commit to something, the courage to living your purpose. And any of those uh, or any of you who've been around a while know anything worth doing that pushes you past your comfort zone takes a little bit of courage, doesn't it? She says, courage is the commitment to begin without any guarantee of success. Listen to that again. Courage is the commitment to begin without any guarantee of success. You know, um, years ago, I don't, I don't think I've ever shared this. Years ago, uh, I won this award from the Target Corporation. And the award was for excellence in teaching. I thought, well, when I apply for it, well, somebody's got to win this. Maybe I'll apply. So I was so surprised when I won and they gave me money. But anyway, I said, well, what am I going to do with this money? So I did, you know, bought uh, supplies and things for my classroom. I was teaching music, math, and PE at that time. And I had this real dream and desire of doing a scuba diving trip in Honduras. And, uh, I was scared to death of of the deep water. So I said, well, I've got a little extra money floating around here. Maybe I ought to put it towards some new idea. So I went to the local dive store in Seattle. I was living in Seattle, Washington then. And it come to find out I had just enough money to take that dive class. And I had courage, but I had zero guarantee of success. I, I, I mean, I had, I, I was trying to talk myself out of walking in the door, even to take the class. And then when I did walk in, I was the only woman in the whole class. And then the first day they said, 
pick uh, somebody to be a buddy, and that buddy is going to be if anything goes wrong underwater. And I looked around. I got the biggest guy in the room. I said, I'll take him. <laughs> Big guy, butcher, bald. I said, I, I like his muscles. Yep, I got, I got him. Anyway, long story short, of course, I did the class, you know, and I did learn to dive. But on that first dive where we were in Seattle, it was so cold we had to wear two wetsuits. The water was 52 degrees. Somebody said, why don't you just go into Fiji and learn there? And I go, well, I didn't even know you could do that, you know. But I had courage, friends. I had courage. And right as we got to the water, and there's this little flag sticking up in the middle of this dark black water, because it's Seattle where it rains, you know, nine months of the year. There's this one little flag sticking out of that deep water, and I'm, I'm going out there with all the guys. And they go, now what you do is just go ahead and do this, you know, release the air and you're going to start to go down. And I said, uh-uh, I'm not, I said, no, I'm not going. He said, I promise you'll be okay. Anything, and I thought, you know, anything I do wrong, he could undo in a few seconds. So I decided I'd do that and I'd hold on to that little rope all the way down. So I made it. I did it. I did it. I did make a little mistake underwater and suck in water and that was real scary, but as soon as I got my little buddy's hand, all was well. And I was able to do it. I was able to do it. But the only thing really that got me through was the courage to keep trying. It's like such a small little thing. But what was so amazing is that one little experience, because I wasn't even that, I'm not a fantastic swimmer by any means. Those fins came in quite handy and the tanks as well. I got to see some of the most beautiful things of my life underwater. When I went down there, I said, oh, this is beautiful. I forgot it was hard. And when I went to Honduras and I could see the, the spotted eagle rays and the sharks and the, all the fish, what an experience. This is how life is meant to be. But it does take courage and a commitment to follow it through. So number one today is verbalizing your commitment. So you know each of us when we're on purpose, we know what's ours to do, when and how to do it. And I believe all of us in here know what's ours to do, don't we? Say with me, I know what's mine to do together. I know what's mine to do. Yeah, we just need to quit forgetting. We, yeah, no, we know what's ours to do. But sometimes verbalizing that commitment helps start to bring form to it. Yeah, and, and what we, what Charles Fillmore's told us, you know, Unity's co-founder, he says, you know, thoughts are formative, words and prayers are creative. Right? That, the power of the word. In other words, like the scriptures say in Job, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established for you. Right? So verbalizing your commitment. Say that with me. Verbalizing your commitment. And sometimes it helps to have a spiritual friend or a buddy. To that you say this to somebody here, maybe even a prayer chaplain after service. What I'm going to be, what I want to say really intently to you. So really listen. If you hear nothing else, don't share your commitment with somebody who cannot hold it with you. Don't don't share it with somebody who cannot, who's not as big as your dream, right? Because some people just cannot do that for you, and it's not it's not a negative. It just is simply to know that. That's why I'm saying if there's something new you really want to do and you want to speak that commitment, speak it to somebody that can really see it with you. Not say, well, are you sure and have you thought about? You don't want all that. You want a yes. 
Like I see this with you. Yeah, and so, so much of my online teaching that I do in my courses, a lot of times I create what are called accountability partners in the groups. And some of those accountability partners have been together three, four, five years. I've been with mine, I don't even know, seven years now. We don't miss a week. We talk every single week. And I know whatever I'm going to verbalize in terms of my moving forward, he's going to hold it with me. Right? But you first getting clear with you is important. What is my next step? In my life's purpose. What is my next step? In other words, what am I being called to? And then commit to that. All right. That's number one. Verbalizing your commitment. Say to the person next to you. Verbalize your commitment. Number two. All right. So when we're holding this vision. When we're holding this vision. We know what's ours to do. It's really important to look for signs. Raise your hand if you ever look for signs. I love looking for signs, right? Love looking for signs because it affirms for me that I'm going the right direction. And I had a situation recently where I kept getting the stop signal. Have you ever had that? We're going to talk about that next, right? But that go signal where, where, when we are, um, getting clear about what's ours to do and, and ready to move that direction, we don't want to go until we get the signal from the universe. Because there is a divine timing to things. And what's so amazing about it is uh, we think of this process as looking for signs as innately spiritual. But the truth is there's a science to it. There's something about the way your brain works. It's called, uh, now most of you may not care about this, but I find these things interesting. It's called the reticular activating mechanism in the brain. So here's here's an example. When you buy a new car, have you noticed you start seeing that car everywhere? Have you noticed that? Even you say, that's the same color I just got. I just bought a new truck. It's a Toyota Tacoma. I love it. 2021 off-road. Boom. Love it. Sunroof. Love it. I see them everywhere. It's the reticular activating mechanism in my brain that says there's another one. There's another one. In other words, your brain actually is working for you to establish this harmony, to establish this pattern, this connection. So what's cool about it is if you're working it on the spiritual level, you've heard of the law of attraction, right? Whatever we hold, whatever we give energy to, that's what we bring toward us. So as you start to get the ghost signal, you're going to know without a shadow of a doubt, this is mine to do now. This is mine to do now. So looking for a signal, looking for a sign can be very, very helpful on these, on these things to move forward. The example of my, my scuba diving, which I didn't even know I was going to share today. You know, I wanted to do it, but I didn't really have what I thought was the extra cash to really be able to do it. And I didn't want to go into debt. I didn't want it to be some kind of financial stretch. Well, I mean, I got money out of nowhere. I don't know. I'm still not sure why Target gave me that money, but I just applied and wrote this thing and they gave me the money. Right. So that was a go signal for me because I'd held it in consciousness. I'd held it in consciousness. And what was so amazing is I should share this because right after I did all the work to become a diver and everything, a big hurricane hit Honduras and the trip had to be canceled. And so I said, well, spirit, am I, am I not supposed to do this? And spirit said, hold, I just felt hold steady, hold steady. Well, turns out I got, uh, talked to the resort and they said, listen, we're, we're okay, but we want the coral reefs and everything to get a little bit better before y'all come down. 
let's plan it a year from now. Well, when I went, there was nobody else there. I I went with a friend. Every single dive was a personal guided tour. Nobody, Nobody gets that. And then when we went and saw the ruins, same thing, personal guided tour. I became friends with the cooks, with all the staff. We, we, we sat around, played guitar, sang together. That was a ghost signal from the universe. Even though in the short term, it felt like I was getting a no. Right? So that's what I mean. The wisdom to guide us. We have to be, uh, uh, really engaged in our journey to know, is this a go signal? Is this a stop signal? Right? Is this a go? Is this a stop? When you start seeing three and four things coming up in a row that are a go, okay, time to go. Time to go. And we have this inner knowing at the level of the soul when it's ours to do. Some of us are feelers. Some of us, some of us are knowers. Have you, have you noticed that? Some of us actually hear, okay, go. Right? Some of us really, but we, you know, hear in different ways or, or sense it in different ways. But I believe we always know when it is a go. So be very, very mindful of about getting the go signal. That's number two. All right. So say with me, say to the person next to you, look for the go signal. Look for the go. I want to go. I always want permanent go myself. Okay. Now the stop signal, the stop signal is rough. Because we always think of the stop signal as I've done something wrong. Raise your hand if you know what I mean by that. We say, well, Spirit, I want it now. What What's the problem? What's the problem? But there is a divine order and a divine timing. Because the thing is, our minds don't have the benefit of what um, the universe knows. Right. Our minds are very limited. So what we want to do is be in in contact with the soul on a daily basis so that if we're getting a stop or we're getting this internal no, that we that we're really, really clear about that. Um, Edwin Gaines, who wrote the book, I was talking to her uh, a few months ago and when she, uh, you know, the book was selling really well and she got a call from Oprah to go on the show and she got a no. She got a stop signal. She said, I don't know why. I trust that 100%. I trust that 100%. But then a little later, she had had a health challenge and experienced a healing. And uh, somebody put her story in Oprah Magazine. So later, something came back around. But in the short term, it was a no. It was a stop. And in our culture that we live in today... The culture says get everything you want right now. Really learning to trust this voice is a high spiritual way of living. I I know that. But a stop signal is really important to listen to. Really important because we, we don't know why we're getting this stop, but it's important to honor it, right? So, uh, I do some speaking in the corporate setting and I had a, a situation where I was talking with that big corporation. It's called the Garmin Corporation, you know, that company. And it was going to be with a bunch of engineers and everything. And then uh, we were talking about my workshops. And as I was talking to the gal, the whole time inside me was going, no, no, no. I couldn't figure out why. My mind loved the idea. 
Because I said, well, I can say I spoke at the Garment Corporation. My ego was having a field day with that. But but you want to speak at large corporations and help change minds and hearts. And I mean, I got the biggest no. I I I couldn't. I got a stop. And even I did not answer her final email, which is very unlike me. And I circled back around. I said, "Hun, I, you know, this is just not for me. I, I'm not supposed to try to convince engineers to want to do an affirmation. I, I don't know why, but it's a no for me right now. Now it may come back around, but at that moment, I had to trust the no. It was hard because it was, it was impacting my income. But mm-mm. so when you get the stop, honor it, honor that stop signal." Sometimes, have you ever started to go out the door and something says, not yet? Have you had that? Right? Or you want to call a friend and, and gossip about how bad things are going, and then something says to you, mm-mm, you don't need to get all wrapped up in that. Don't get all wrapped around the axle on that. You know, that's the stop. That's the internal stop. That's your soul saying, don't go there. I think it's... The stops I've experienced, I feel like they're always to protect the integrity of my life and my soul. When I get a stop, I listen. Right? So say to the person next to you, listen to the stop. Listen to the stop. Listen to the stop. Number four, please. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever heard of something called second force. Have you heard of that? Well, it's kind of an esoteric teaching, but... Edwin talks about it in her book, and there are few people that talk about it. Second force is when you're really moving forward on something, or like let's say you're in church and you say, you know what, I really want to be able to forgive. And all of a sudden, something happens, and you are the opposite of forgiving. Has that ever happened? Or you say, I just want to be so loving, and something happens, and all you can think about is how much you hate something. Has that ever happened? You say, oh, I can't believe I've got to deal with them again. Or, I can't believe my family doing this again. So that's called second force. In other words, as you set an intention, you put this idea out into the universe, something unlike it, I mean like its opposite, comes up and says, are you sure? That's called second force. And anytime you're really ready to make a commitment, you can plan on it. As a matter of fact, now I know it's mine to do if I'm feeling second force. I absolutely know it. I absolutely know it. Everything unlike it is starting to come up, that big intention. And it's like the universe saying, are you sure? Are you sure? In other words, this new, this new thing that you're going to be, this is going to be a brand new way of being. Are you sure? Are you sure? So if second force comes up, I want you to bless it. Remember what we were saying? Every praise, right? Bless that second force. That second force is saying you're about to grow beyond your wildest imagination. But be sure. Be sure. Second force can be very powerful. I've seen people uh, not move forward in their careers because they did not know how to handle second force. I've seen people stay in relationships that were physically hurtful because as soon as they got ready to go, the second force came up and they said, well, maybe not. So if second force comes up, that means it's absolutely yours to go forward. 
right? So don't let this second force discourage you. But it's usually when you set an intention, it's opposite comes forward and you have to really deal with it and move forward anyway. Right? So don't be afraid if this second force comes up. It's part of the curriculum. It's, it's part of how it's, it works. Yeah, it's part of how it works. It's second force. Second force is part of the spiritual journey. Yeah, second force. Okay, last one I want to talk about is really when that definition of courage that I read at the beginning with no guarantee of success. When you're really following your divine guidance, sometimes it feels a bit like working without a net, doesn't it? Because you're required to take chances. You're required to move forward in ways that you don't always have every aspect of knowing before you do it. I've had an opportunity like that recently. I didn't know exactly how it was going to go. But because I was so guided, I knew I could move forward. Right? So working without a net sounds scary. But the truth is, when you work without a net, you don't fall. You fly. This is what our work is to do as souls. To move forward, to live that divine purpose with a lot of commitment, with a lot of love, with a lot of courage to move forward to do what it is ours to do. And friends, when you are on purpose, you're going to start calling to yourself more people that you don't even know yet. More people that are going to support and honor your journey. More people that are going to be in alignment with your commitment to your own purpose, to your own dreams, to your own goals. But first, you have to commit to it. Right. You have to make commit to it. You have to name it. You have to share it. Right. You have to really listen to all those signs. So then working without a net, it's not scary. It's fun. And know that even if you don't know what the support is now, it will be there. It will be there and it will come to you probably in the strangest moments. Might be somebody you meet at a party or a wedding or at the grocery store. And it's exactly the person you're supposed to talk to for your next step. It might be a friend of a sister or brother that ha- happens to come to a family event. And here's this support, just, just, it's just laying this next step out before you. So it's believing really all of this today is about really believing that God loves you. It's about believing that there is a divine plan. There's divine purpose. And as you listen to this voice of the soul, you'll be able to move forward with courage, with faith to do that, which is yours to do. Charles Fillmore said, I fairly sizzle with zeal and enthusiasm, right? To do the work that ought to be done by me. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com. This message is copyright 2023, Unity North Tampa, all rights reserved. Our theme music, The Light of God, is composed by Shannon Croft and used with permission and available at shannoncroft.com. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.